Hi, everybody. Hi. This is Wait, how do I... I'm Julia. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Julia. And this is Seth. And we are running, running out, out of movies. movies. Oh, we did Ooh. it together that time. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so, yeah, this is actually, we're punching this in for, um, I guess it would have been three months ago, over three months now. <laughs> yeah, I think we recorded this, like, end of February. Yeah, toward the end of your pregnancy. So stay tuned. I think later in the episode, or maybe earlier in the episode, I need to listen to it again. We talk about how the pregnancy is going for you. But since then, we were getting ready to release it just before um, you gave birth. But... Oh, it was Cujo, that, for Cujo, your birthday. What did I say? Oh, no, no, no. I was just remembering in my head. Yeah. I was trying. I was spending that whole time trying to remember what one it was. Yeah, around my <laughs> birthday, at the beginning of... In anticipation. In sorry. anticipation. I mean, I'll edit all this out. <laughs> we were getting ready to release a movie. We're going to do a podcast for the movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're keeping all of this in, by the way. Okay. My brain. I got up at like 7 in the morning today. For reasons that we'll explain. Um, in anticipation of my birthday, which is in early March, we were going to cover a movie for the podcast that came out the year I was born. Cujo. Yeah. It was either that or like The Outsiders, I think. Yeah. So we re recorded it while I was still pregnant because uh, my due date was the 23rd. Right. Um, And we figured then we would release it. In early March. Right. But then something happened that uh, delayed us. Which is that we had a baby? We had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's here right now? And we're going to see if we make a, have her make a noise. Um, hey, Lydia. Ooh. That's me. Trying to... Uh, hey. Good job. That was a yawn. That was an actual tired yawn. Yeah. Oh, you're so sleepy. Ooh. Should we get into pajamas? Let's, maybe she'll get noisier as we keep talking. But anyway, so yeah, it's part of why my brain is falling out of my nose. Um, <laughs> our, why our brains are falling out of our collective noses. We have a little baby Lydia who is three and a half months old now. Oh. Ooh, there's a noise. It's, a, sure, it's a noise. Not sure that's the one we want to <laughs> immortalize on the podcast. Um, yeah, but though this has been amazing. It's been it's been crazy. She's magical. We love her. She's wonderful. She's. Um, America's newest baby, and she's she's really she's the youngest person that exists, right? And she's she's just wearing that mantle of responsibility really well. <laughs> but yeah, but we wanted to offer this context as you go into Cujo. Um, you're listening to the callous, sardonic worldview of people who do not have a baby. <laughs> Those fools. And now, now we were um, your parents were visiting, and the first time we were out together after having a baby. I just tried to paraphrase the plot of the movie Fly Away Home, a movie neither of us has seen. And we both started crying at the restaurant. <laughs> so that's who you're dealing with now. Yeah, we're about two weeks postpartum then. Right. Hey. Hi. Yeah. Yeah, what else? Yeah. Hey. But um, last night, here's a teaser. Last night we watched Top Gun because we're still relevant. We know that there's a, we know that there's a Top Gun two out that just came out, and we're going to review the Top Gun one, um, so we can stay relevant. Do you have anything else to add about Lydia before we uh, 
Summarize your experience of motherhood <laughs> for the first four months in five words or less. You got it. <laughs> you know what? Wait. Four words. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's impossible. It's been great though. Have you no, I, got, okay. I, can, I can get there. Oh, you okay? Um, I think my four, my four words for describing having a baby is um, terrible, awful, painful, totally worth it. That's great. Totally worth it is one word. I think, yeah, you hyphenate it. <laughs> I, it should be like a copyright symbol because you coined it as one word. <laughs> no one else can use that. Um, so get ready for the next thrilling installment of the... Running Out of Movies podcast? Running Out of Movies podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long, maybe. <laughs> get ready for Cujo. It's a trip. This dog got eye boogers that just don't quit. <laughs> Seth's been writing songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And as always, I love you guys. Make it two this time. Make it two this time. Should we start? Yeah. Start? You want to start? I I'll start then. Cool. Hi, everyone. This is Julia. This is Danny Pinataro as Tad. And we are running out of movies. <laughs> Sorry, introducing Danny Pinataro as Tad. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about Cujo, a Stephen King adaptation. A adaptation. We came out, the reason we're doing it is that this should be coming out on my birthday. Special birthday episode. Right, and, um, and this came out the year I was born. 1983. 1983. Which I shouldn't age myself because I could I could play 19 easy. <laughs> we were just. You put some streaks in my hair. <laughs> I can play 19. We we're just realizing how long ago 1983 was, which feels yeah impossibly long ago. But I guess it. But makes also sense really age. young if you're a human. <laughs> Vibrant, relevant. I guess is the word I'd use to describe someone from 1983. But. Um... <laughs> But no, this movie came out in 1983. It looked like it was made in like the Stone Ages. <laughs> it looked very old. It looked like it was, I guess all the production equipment still would have been from the 70s or something. I don't know. It just looked very old. I guess it was just an old movie. <laughs> I mean, it's it, a 40-year-old movie at this it point. Was, it was a young, vibrant movie. No, it's a 39-year-old movie. <laughs> Seth, Seth keeps forgetting how old he is. Accidentally thought... adding more numbers to it. Yeah. Not even joking. I've thought I was 40 for the past three years. And I've been bummed out about it. Like yeah. you, It's been kind of a pleasant surprise every time I tell him that yeah. he's not not 40 yet. Yeah. Um, I will also have nightmares that I turn 37, which I'm 38. <laughs> so, life. Um, but yeah, so we watched Cujo. Do you want to hit us with the jacket copy? The, here's the jacket copy. Um, I'm not going to read this whole thing. Um, based on a terrifying bestseller by Stephen King, monstrous canine evil stalks a helpless, isolated family in this shock-packed horror thriller from mm. suspense master Stephen King's best-selling novel. I'm going to put an asterisk next to shock-packed. <laughs> and maybe a horror thriller. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Dee Wallace, Daniel Hugh Kelly, and Ed Lauter. Oh, and introducing Danny Pinotaro as Tad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I keep changing his he surname every time he says it. It's Pin Pintaro. Every time I say it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Pintaro. He didn't make the jacket copy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He was a pretty good actor for his age. He certainly screamed a lot. Yeah, that's all I ask. That's why I think Pacino is <laughs> one of our best. <laughs> 
Cujo unleashes the ultimate in nightmarish, unrelenting terror. Well, maybe I will read this whole thing, because that didn't mm. say anything. Mm-hmm. In rural Maine, Vic and Donna Trenton struggle to repair their crumbling marriage, while their young son, Tad, Danny Bintaro, <laughs> Thank you. befriends a hulking, lovable, 200-pound St. Bernard named Cujo. With Vic away on business, Donna and Tad take their decrepit car to be fixed at the remote farm of their mechanic. As their aging Pinto sputters to a stop and dies, Cujo appears. But the once docile dog has undergone a hideous transformation and becomes a slavering, demonic, implacable killer possessed by almost supernatural strength and unholy cunning. Certainly slavering. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... I'd say more slobbering. I don't know oh, if I yeah. would say supernatural strength. Yeah, they don't really sell that in the movie at all. Um, they... Um... I will say one of the symptoms of, what is it called? Rabies? Rabies. One of the symptoms of rabies seems to be, at least according to the, this movie, eye boogers, and an amount of eye boogers that made me feel like all life on earth was a mistake. Yeah. It was so gross. Yeah, I will say, I thought this movie was like, what's the car one? Christine? Christine, a little more supernatural. I thought it was going to be like a devil dog. Like... Stephen King is always doing, you know, like, the car that is demonically possessed and comes to life and murders people. Or, like, the sewing machine that is demonically possessed and comes to life and starts murdering people. One is like a laundry folding machine. That's, like, one of my favorite stories from from Night Shift or whatever. So, like, I was expecting more supernatural forces at play. But, spoilers, it's just a dog that gets rabies. Right. That's all. Which doesn't feel like enough. And it's also, like makes you more sad for the dog than any of the people like uh, right, like it's just an unfortunate medical situation right and it's um so it was kind of right away when i realized what was going to happen which I'll, I'll we'll start plugging along with our reactions in the summary so this dog opens this dog opens <laughs> i think around the mouth area is what i'd say <laughs> i mean and then that's your best option there's a couple uh, of yeah yeah that's your best option i think <laughs> This movie opens with, we see Cujo kind of... Who, by the way, is a St. Bernard, the right. most lovable of all of the dogs. And also the summary in the jacket copy seemed to understand that was a problem more than the movie itself. <laughs> where it's like, this is not an intimidating dog at all. Yeah, the jacket copy was really trying to hit the scary, demonic, chilling, which is not at all comes across in the movie. Yeah, so, um, uh, so it opens with kind of the same opening of Sound of Music. Uh, he's just <laughs> yeah. kind of rolling around in nature. He's very bucolic. Yeah, he's chasing this rabbit, and, and this rabbit, for some reason, doesn't they don't really explain it. Doesn't want to get eaten, and is uh, running away from the dog. <laughs> think, it's a pothole for you. They didn't explain that to my satisfaction. No. <laughs> um, so then he chases him into a hole, and I don't know if you saw this part because we were also eating pizzas. This is maybe the part not to watch. He, <laughs> the rabbit goes into a hole. The dog shoves his head in the hole, and then the hole is full of bats. Yeah, I saw which that I don't really understand how nature were, works. Yeah, I saw that there were bats. Is this like one of those kind of bird that cleans the alligator's teeth situation? Like, do bats and rabbits live together? <laughs> maybe I wasn't watching closely enough. <laughs> But he sticks his head in a bunch of bats, and, and he gets nose bit by a bat. Sure. Yeah. And that's when I realized, that's like, I think you had a realization, it's like, wait, we're supposed to be scared of St. Bernard? And I was just like, I can get there. And then this is the moment where I had a crestfallen thing. Where we're like, just, wait, it's just rabies? Yeah. He's just a dog that has rabies? So that was, it just, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, it's just this. Um, yeah, I was expecting, I was expecting Supernatural. Right. Um, But I realized, also, then nothing happens um, nothing scary happens for a 
the next half of the movie. Mm -hmm. So the dog gets bit, and then that's kind of our prologue. Yeah. We start with um, Danny Pintaro as Tad. <laughs> Pintaro. Danny Pintaro as Tad. <laughs> I just like it in credits. It's like an, they don't really do it anymore, where you would get the character name in the opening credits, and they do that in this, where it's like an introducing Danny Pintaro as Tad. And I just think it's so, it's so funny. And I think the longer the actor name is and the shorter the character name is, the more it makes me laugh. So it's just like, and Vincent Panacetto as Tug. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> I like that a lot. Wait, you like nonsense <laughs> names where you just slam a bunch of syllables together? No. <laughs> Allison Nunthrow, DDS as Shield. Um... No, yeah. So, so then we go right from the dog getting bat bit, nose bit on the bat, by a bat, <laughs> nose bit on the bat, nose, nose bit by a bat, um, to little little Tad, which his parents could have gone with Todd. That was Todd wasn't good enough for him. You really get the class difference right away because Todd was not good enough for these people. They had to go for <laughs> Tad, which was a bit more high shelf. You Is know. that fancier? It's extra. It's more extra. <laughs> it's extra year. Um, so he can't sleep because there is a monster. He's afraid of a monster in his closet. Yeah. I will, I will say, I don't know who directed this. The direction was not indifferent. Like they did, they did some really kind of, I don't know, evocative things, especially like Tad running to his bed, like racing to run, racing to run to his bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to like, it was like they were making some choices and there was some energy to it. And I think that was especially like made it watchable in places especially when well when we get to like the showdown which when is the meat of the movie not much happens in the right. whole movie no it was it was surprisingly watchable for how little happens right and that was kind of i think our curiosity going into this movie because there's just a past a certain amount of time there's just a pacing gap yeah like I, we found this like i grew up on cheers you've never watched cheers because um, <laughs> yeah. again I'm well i've seen a couple episodes now thanks to you yeah but it's just and it's a fine it's still a really charming show except for you know the parts where we're not you know obviously the social where no means no yeah right the, yeah right where it's like you shouldn't sexually harass your employees constantly <laughs> but so stuff like that hasn't aged well but like i think the thing that you notice first is that there's like they will spend two and a half minutes building to a and a pretty good joke, you know, of character-driven kind of um, what would be now kind of like a filler joke. Whereas, I don't know that it's better that we're now like rapid fire, like every minute has to have like two or three jokes. But but yeah, definitely watching an episode of Cheers now, uh, when you're not used to it, it feels like there's three jokes in the entire episode. Right. And you're like, this was what people thought was funny and film from the 70s and 80s is it's just like a much it's not not just art films like the sensational stuff is like really slow so i didn't know if there's going to be enough stuff here to make a movie um watchable but we'll talk about that so danny's scared his parents kind of um talk to him and get that squared away um yeah i feel like it's basically just like kind of portrait of a of a young family right um Kids like I don't know eight ish right. six right I don't know kids ages he's young um and it seems like relatively charming yeah that's kind of you know, yeah that's just all so we get to we cut to he finally goes to sleep the next morning he's pushed all of it which I don't know how this is physically possible because this kid looks like he weighs about one and a half pounds but he pushes all of his furniture up against his closet door and his parents are teasing him about it um, we get some story information that's relevant is introduced here. Um, one is that, like, a handyman comes by, and he drops off, like, a giant wooden horse, and he's like, I fixed your horse. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him carrying that, and I was like, 
what could he possibly be doing with that? Like, what could he have fixed? It's just a <laughs> solid wood horse. And it, it looked like a like a miniature of a horse that you would ride on a merry-go-round. Yeah, and so he's like, he's like everyone kind of reacts to the news that this horse has returned about what you'd expect. There's, you get zero reaction. He puts it down. Um, he kind of has a good rapport with the kid. The wife, notably, kind of doesn't acknowledge him. He makes a joke about how she's not really acknowledging him. Um... So they kind of have it all have a, a pleasant interaction. Next piece of information we get, there's a, a, a stupid serial commercial on. And we get that the dad has written it, which um, he seems very transfixed by his own work. Watching this, like, professor serial eat cereal. And say that there's nothing wrong here. So that's that. Did you get all that? Yeah. I just don't think any of it is relevant. To, <laughs> well, to it comes up. Some of it turns into plot points, which we'll, we'll tell you. I'll tell you. It's, it's, oh, oh, man, I'm so dumb for sharing that information. It's just, I, it's like I, I'm already me and, mentally skipping forward to you see, 45 minutes later. Mr. King and I, <laughs> we're planning, we're master narrativeists. Uh, we're planning these seeds. So he's planted the seeds. He's got a weird wooden horse guy, which what's his problem? <laughs> anyway, we get soon after, I don't know, this is directly after we get that, um, we see the wife in bed with the handyman. Yeah. He was playing a trombone for some reason. Yeah, which seems like an odd time for that. <laughs> so there, he's in, he's kind of in more of a college phase of his life. His his apartment's a little messy and stuff, but he's, he's got very a, much like bed on the floor. Kind yeah, of this, trombone kind of situation. Trombone sleeps in the bed. Um, <laughs> and right away you get the sense that this affair is extramarital. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a sense for these things. <laughs> master narrativist <laughs> okay, mr king and i our master narrativists um so so she's she walks a good i'd say 70 feet from his bed before putting her underwear back on and she's wearing like she's dressed like a colonial doll um that's a i should cite that reference that is a someone says that about angela in the office but she's dressed very much like angela in the office would go to bed um it was the 80s yeah right so maybe that was cute it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's just like, I can see her head and everything. <laughs> so some sexy pajamas. I saw her whole head. <laughs> and so... Um, but yeah, so we get that the wife of the nice family is having an affair. Yeah, that's that's one way to put it. I think that's better. <laughs> like, I think that's better <laughs> than everything I just said. So, um, and then cars are breaking down because oh, plot, yeah, plot the, hinges on a lot of car trouble. I was going to say the entire plot of this movie is based on the fact that this couple has no functioning cars in their household. <laughs> but they seem to be doing well. I don't understand why. And I also don't get the, the husband drives a Jaguar, which makes a big deal about. Mm -hmm. And then the wife drives like a shitty Pinto right. hatchback. Neither of them work. <laughs> so it's right. like I don't know what that's. Oh, unless to say. you count this stupid ad this guy wrote, and um, so I think the no, I mean neither, neither of the cars work. Oh, I the gotcha. fancy car, the shitty car, neither of them work. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Oh yeah. So neither of them, neither of them work. Um, so I think the next plot point is that the husband has to is is taking his car into the shop to get it to get it fixed. Right. Um, so he is very kind of like white guying it, and uh, or he's very. Um, impatient he can't believe that he can't just drop the car off and, and pick it up so the mailman tells him to go to this weird farm and get to yeah so he, he goes to this like middle of nowhere rural main mm -hmm. farm um to drop his car off and you know that bad things happen at this 
farm because the people there are poor. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making that joke. It's like that's very that's much what the, the point. Po- the saying. point of view of the movie is like everything having to do with people who are not rich people in this movie is like disgusting. It's very yeah. It's a very clear divide. Like you you see him drive up on this like very country road. It feels very isolated. Uh, it's definitely like you get the. It's making it seem like this is sinister for that right. reason. Right. Yeah. So the the movie doesn't is is. And it's, to be fair, I guess it's a trope, you know, that, you know, the the tension between um, rural where people have less options and I don't know. I feel like especially in Stephen King's work, that's something that comes up a lot is kind of like your, um, your kind of dyed in the wool, long, lifelong Maine people. Versus like um, Versus like yeah. the rich city slickers. Right. So they meet Cujo, who's still in his, I don't know, his more um, St. Bernardian, beethoven Beethoven-y yeah. form. I mean, to be fair, he's pretty adorable the whole time. Yeah, well, except for when his eye boogers, where he's just like, it's like he has so a urinary much. tract infection in his eyes. <laughs> it's, it's rough. Yeah, so Cujo is the, the dog on this, on these people's farm. Cujo's the name of the dog? <laughs> I mean, he's the, that's why he's there. He's not like a rat. Oh, I get it. He's that. these people's dog. Oh, I thought you were saying like, Cujo's the dog in this <laughs> Wait, oh no, that makes total... <laughs> Changes with, my view on everything. With drawing all my criticisms. This is perfect. That is brilliant. Um, this is like that one time I, re- I didn't realize until I'd seen it a couple times that the thread was phantom. <laughs> um, yeah, so Cujo is like the, the mechanic's son's dog. Yeah. And so um, we, we get a little bit of an interaction there. The boy likes him. Um, they kind of... Yeah, the jacket copy says that the boy befriends this dog, which I don't think that happens. I don't even it's know like if he's they, allowed to touch him, really. They, like, make eye contact. And the mom is, like, careful. It's a big dog. Yeah, and he, already this dog's nose. I want to put Neosporin on it so bad from this dog. The dog's got, like, a chunk out of his nose that no one seems no to be noticing it, yeah. or paying attention to. Um, we get a little bit, I think, from here of the dog's rabies kind of taking shape which is he seems very sensitive to loud noises <laughs> yeah the whole i mean the whole movie is like poor cujo is hung over right and people won't shut up <laughs> and it's like everyone just be quiet yeah. and let him sleep it off if everyone had shut their mouths he's talking about fine he could have died in peace <laughs> um so yeah the next thing that happens is the there's a problem this is an interesting such a, a lot of shoe leather to get the dad out of the picture is um there seems to be some problem with the cereal he's written an ad for. The ad of which is like Professor, I don't know, cereal granules is like nothing wrong in here. Which is a weird ad campaign to begin with. Right, because it sounds like there's something weird in there. Right? What, yeah, the, I mean, the ad that we see is just like some guy holding up a bowl of cereal and saying nothing wrong in here. Right. Which is like, which, and being like, like, this definitely won't kill you kids. And there's kind of like cereal, it usually takes place in a kitchen because it's a kind of a to-do to make cereal. This guy's sitting at the front of a classroom. It's a to-do to make cereal? <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> it's not like a granola bar where you just pop it out of your desk. Like, this guy's sitting in the front of a classroom with just with a bowl, an open bowl of cereal. It's like, where did he get the milk? Does he just keep milk no, in his you're desk? Right. Like, it's I a... mean, it's like, it's a kitchen activity. Right. You wouldn't be having cereal anywhere outside of a kitchen. So this, this like, besweatered character actor <laughs> sitting at the front of a classroom saying, there's nothing wrong in here. I was just like, that's like poison sex cereal when he's just gonna, gonna yeah. trap people with it's like a lot of this uh a lot of the the husband's plot involves um him feeling bad about um not being good at at 
fixing this thing, this problem that happens. And I want to be like, you should feel bad about the original <laughs> commercial you wrote. That's terrible. That's like, they, you sent that to someone before email, before it's easy to send things to people. <laughs> um, and so the thing that also doesn't make a lot of sense is there's a, then a public health controversy in that red food dye seems to be in this cereal to such a degree that it's making kids pee red where their parents are thinking that the and also the cereal is called sharp cereal which also is not smart which is like that's just not a good brand name for that cereal and again it's like, i don't i'm betting this is in the original novel and i bet that's sort of like some kingsian sense of humor where he, i think he's trying to do the lynch thing of just how there's this creepy surreal thing underneath americana as it's like no but no one on earth has named their cereal sharp because that'd be the dumbest thing you could possibly do i mean the whole thing it'd is... be like calling it nail yogurt <laughs> It's so dumb. <laughs> the whole thing is essentially the Crustio right. <laughs> episode where there's a jagged metal Crusties. Uh, right. Except uh, for there Crustios. isn't. They're just peeing red food dye. Right. But, but they the, think that's happening. I, I, it almost uh, made me wonder if something like that happened in the 80s to then inspire both of these plot points. Where, like, oh, yeah. Where there was some cereal thing that happened that everyone ate and then everyone freaked out about and thought. Oh, you know, you're, you're right. I was drunk because I, I think King is a genius at that taking things that are in the kind of public consciousness and turning them into a horror narrative. But it doesn't make sense to me that, like, this guy is, like, wrote the ad copy. He didn't <laughs> pour vials right. of food dye in. So he why is this his problem? He doesn't make the cereal. He just works at, at an ad agency that made a commercial for the cereal that is now being recalled because of this public health scare, even though there's nothing actually wrong with the cereal. And it's like, I guess some news reports are making hay of nothing wrong in here. Which uh, is an inherently creepy, weird commercial. To be fair, yeah. it's like, But again, your, your criticism is with the initial work. You're like, <laughs> this was a bad deliverable that you, yeah. that you did. Um, so that doesn't really make any sense, but it's kind of like, I don't know, screenwriters frequently don't understand other jobs. <laughs> so I, I guess it's kind of like a, a pass. But also everything I've just said, everything we've just talked about is a lot more interesting than what actually happens. I kind of wish we'd followed the red food dye pee and yeah, thing. Yeah, that could have that been a, an interesting whole thing. So this is a lot of energy just to get the dad off the table. He's also the dad while this is happening, he kind of figures out that the wife's, or no, he does figure out that the wife's having an affair. Yeah. Which ironically, because he, he sees her outside her his place well, because the wife goes to break up with the boyfriend. That's the, um, kind of the ironic, yeah. And is basically like, we're done here, sorry, this can't happen again. Boyfriend does not seem to like that. Um, mm -hmm. Wait, no, sorry, I don't want to get jumped on for saying ironic. It's unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's just ironic that she's going to break it off and that's what makes her get caught. That's ironic, right? Or is that just... Is I it just don't a... think so. I think it's just unfortunate. <laughs> what is ironic? Let's break off. The first thing with Cujo, I think this is the first question you have to ask when you're watching Cujo in 2022. <laughs> what is irony? I honestly is it suspenders? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I, my my definition comes from the last episode of Futurama, in which a bunch of people keep saying. Um, keep using the phrase ironic and uh bender keeps being like that's not what that means and then at the very end of the song he goes the use of words expressing something other than their literal intention now that is irony that's the last thing i would think irony is is that <laughs> ironic <laughs> <laughs> but there's also dramatic irony where that is where someone is talking someone has 
doesn't have a complete knowledge of, of a scene. Yeah, I think that's when I think that's when the audience knows something that the character doesn't. Like if there's a bomb under the table and we know it, but the character doesn't when they're sitting down. And that would make sense too, because then you're using the words. If you're showing a dinner party and there's a bomb under the table, then the author is kind of using the words not for their actual intentions, but to play off the fact that there's a bomb. Yeah. You know, so that is, I can see how that would be growing out of that definition of irony. Yeah. Does that make sense? That sounds right. I think I'm smarter for having asked this question. <laughs> so Cujo's sort of a Gen X ironic take. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're, so they... So the wife breaks up with the boyfriend. Right. And he also in this scene, this is not a story, but we see that he has a tattoo that sort of looks like the Hamburglar wearing a sun hat. I never really got a close look at it, but that's what I took away from it. Um, but yeah. These so, are important plot points. You need to, you need to take over the summary because I'm digressing too much. Um, so yeah, the husband finds out, figures out, stumbles across the wife, uh, breaking up with this guy, figures out there's something going, going on. The boyfriend doesn't take it very well and is kind of, um, trying to physically harass her. And then he starts coming by the house to physically harass her more. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's, she, they also don't know that the husband has taken off early because his job is just such a shit show now that this whole red pea thing has happened. Um, right. So he's like, that's like the husband like comes home early or whatever and like sees this happening and that's why. Um, um, yeah. So they, they kind of, they have an enigmatic exchange that sort of brings the affair out into the open between them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, essentially he finds out that they're having an affair or that there was an affair and she says that it's over. And then he has to leave, the husband has to leave to go on a business trip to kind of fix this PR scandal mm. that's happening. Um, meanwhile, I think his car's gotten fixed, but her car still doesn't work because none of these people's cars work. So she's like, I'll take the car to the shop while you're on the trip. Yeah, and this, we have to catch back, I think we skipped over some B story that's been in, intercut with this back in... Um, Cujo land. Oh, yeah. So Cujo's getting grosser and grosser. His face is more and more peed on by Slimer. Yeah, that's basically the... It's like he's such a cute, inherently lovable dog that they just keep throwing shit on him to make him look (laughs) like... It looked like all the... If you ever watched Nickelodeon in the 90s, there was always like some new kind of ooze they were trying to sell you. (laughs) Yeah. Flom or like... Yeah, it's like big yellow streaks of ooze coming from the dog's eyes. Yeah, and I think I was so grossed out by it immediately that by now I pushed through to the other side and it was making me hungry. <laughs> no, 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 it's just a gross joke. I was disgusting. I was thoroughly disgusted. <laughs> and then they have Cujo like keep getting muddier for some reason. Like I right. think they were just like really trying to disguise his inherent cuteness, and so they just kept throwing right. stuff on him. But he's still pretty cute the whole time. Right. It's a good example of. I bet this worked better in the book because it's like you can really shape shape the reader's imagination and withhold and provide details in a strategic way to where you could really create a monster out of this dog. Yeah, in the but book it, it could all be like fangs and like giant shadow. Right. And like the Kafka thing of like you never really get a sense of what the guy turns into in the metamorphosis. And but in a film You're, you're literally watching there's a paper the now. persistence of the image like short of CGI or anything. Um and so yeah, they, they spend a lot of energy also getting basically all of Cujo's family out of, out of it. Like there's a, I don't even know if we want 
it's so stupid. I don't think dumb. it's important to get into the specifics, but but basically there's also marital tension in this household and the wife leaves to go visit her sister for the weekend or something. Um, and I guess takes the kid with her. Mm-hmm. And then we get like a drunken scene of Kudra getting more and more riled up by noise where like the husband, the mechanic and his his friend and they're all gross and just like wet and like drinking like I guess it's alcohol but this was like cups of cloudy liquid that made me want to die yeah and and it was a very like just every it was like in a dirty kitchen the whole thing was very much the friend was like just dumping trash into the yard at one point the whole stretch made me it reminded me of I don't think you do this to for this specific result I think you enjoy the show but like when you put hoarders on and I just start cleaning, <laughs> like, it makes me so sad and ashamed. Um, it was a very hoarders kind of a situation going on. And they just keep making all this noise. And it's clearly bothering Cujo. Where right. you're just like, guys, shut up and let him take a nap. Yeah. And so there's kind of a touching moment before the, the boy leaves with his mom. Where Cujo almost murders his, his boy owner, but then is moved by some sort of... Oh, right. Then doesn't. Doesn't. some Some sort of dog loyalty. It's still early-ish right. enough to... So this boy, the boy who loves this dog is spared, which I think is has a nice kind of horror justice to it. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's it's certainly very much like the kind of standard horror thing of like certain characters are deemed worthy and certain characters are deemed bad. Yeah. And the bad characters get killed and the like right away. You can always tell, it's like not to spoil movies for you. you, you can always tell when a movie's trying to earn someone's death. Yeah. They'll be like, I eat babies all the time. And then they litter and then they like <laughs> run over 10 deer. Right. And you're like, oh, well, he's, he's deserves to die now. Yeah. And then you cut to just like something breathe, breathing unevenly in the tree line. And then you're just like, oh, that's probably gonna, he's probably gonna eat that guy. Um, yeah. So it's basically that, except what you just said was more scary than the actual right. scene that happens, um, which was like just the mechanic's friend is like just outside in a sunny afternoon. I guess he's making a lot of noise with his recycling pile, which even I, not being hungover or having rabies, had a problem with. He's just like <laughs> chucking cans and like old things of Sunny D into this huge pile. In just in the just in the side yard. Which is like, why bother? Look how you live. <laughs> throw it on the floor. Um, so Cujo. But it's like middle of the afternoon, very sunny. Cujo just kind of walks up and he's like, "Hey, buddy." And then, like, Kuja starts growling. The guy kind of realizes there's something wrong. Guy runs inside, gently closes the screen door, <laughs> but not the solid wooden door. I, there's one thing that happens before that that I was really struck by, which is the dog and the guy kind of wrestle. Like, Kujo kind of starts to maul him. And then the guy gets away, and then he just screams, like, at Kujo before running into his house. I don't care. Which seemed like a really weird yeah. line read. Like I a, was like... Or not line read, but line. About what? <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Like the best I could do is say like he didn't want to hurt this dog because it was his friend's son's dog, and this was him saying like the gloves are off. You've hurt me. I'm going to hurt you. Yeah, like we're we're no longer. I'm not well, going to treat nice anymore. This is, but this is like the recycling pile guy. As it's like I knew you didn't care from like a mile away. And also like you're mid getting mauled. Right. It's like yeah, that's okay. You don't have to justify now trying to defend yourself and your observation is moving on to your more important observation he runs into his house and just very concertedly shuts his screen door just the screen door <laughs> where it's like i just it huge seem huge plot point uh plot hole doesn't seem to make sense right at all. and then he just starts 
loading his gun. He's staying forever. He might as well be field stripping it. And um, and of course, the dog just busts through the screen door because it's a screen. And then yeah. eats him. It's worth watching this shot because at the very end when Cujo kills this guy, it looks very much the way it's shot like Cujo has strangled him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's like... Uh, was a very, like, that's how I knew that, like, this for Cujo was personal. <laughs> very personal way to kill someone. Um, and then I think pretty soon afterwards, Cujo kills the mechanic also. Yeah. I, I think, think he just goes right and kills him too. Right. Which that would have been the order I did it too. Well, it's like the horror movie thing of, like, the friend was the worst. It was, like, deemed worse by the movie. So the friend died first. Right. And then the mechanic died second because he was the next worst character. That's what I mean. You're supposed to empathize with the killer dog in movies, right? <laughs> um. So, yeah, so the dog kills them. And then he's just... So that now he's kind of been established as a Jaws-type entity in this area. Right. Not in the public, but I mean, like, for the attention of the movie. For this one farm. Right. So we've got the husband is now out of town on a business trip. Um, the, or the, whatever, our main character's husband is out of town on a business trip. The mechanic's wife and son are also out of town. Everyone else on the farm is been murdered already. And now our, our main character and her son drive up to the mechanic's place in her, in her Pinto that's about to break down. And yeah, it basically breaks down at the farm. Um, and it's, at this point I realized that this is... Rather than being a supernatural Stephen King movie, this is like a the type of Stephen King movie like Gerald's Game. Or like, yeah, I think Gerald. I was going to say Misery, but I think Gerald's Game is even a better example of what this is, where it's kind of like a bottle episode. Yeah, where it's just it's just there's nothing supernatural. It's just your main character being kind of trapped in an unfortunate situation where there's no easy escape. Right. And then they just spend the rest of the movie waiting. All right. And misery is actually fascinating because there's lots of twists and turns and psychological upheavals. And it's like the person who's trapped playing psychologically against the person who's trapping him. Right. Versus uh, like Gerald's game and this is there's there's no one to manipulate. Right. You're just stuck. So it's like this part of the movie is really easy to summarize. It's like her and her little boy are stuck in this car for like three days. They just stay there. Yeah, right. So the husband is trying to get in touch, is not, he's kind of... Yeah, the husband's off on this business trip. So he's assuming that she's just plowing the wooden horse guy. <laughs> just really giving him the business in his imagination. <laughs> and we mainly just stay with the, the wife and son in the car, where they don't, I mean, there's nothing to do. I kind of admired the focus of it. It's like, and again, it's something you would not see in a contemporary movie. It's very like... Um, like, even, like, Panic Room had more shenanigans than this. <laughs> it was, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's really... There's, like... <clears throat> there's, like, a couple times where she tries to open the door, but then the dog just immediately jumps on the car, and so she just shuts the door again. Right. Like, there's no... She, she doesn't really try to make any moves or any forays, or, like, she's not hatching any schemes. She's literally just waiting. And so one thing I had missed in one of these kind of, like... It really is sort of, like... I haven't seen this movie, but I assume it's sort of, like, open water. It's like that structure of movie where it's like kind of a survivalist horror movie. Yeah, I, I would imagine, well, yeah, I would imagine in open water there's more like trying to catch fish or trying to use things around them, you know, like kind mm -hmm. of. I thought that was just like a shark movie. It's like, they're just like also just like living in the water. I mean, I think they're like just. <laughs> <laughs> they're starting a new home in the water. <laughs> Building little, like the, little shanties. They're like, go, they have to keep up coming for air while they build a house. <laughs> 
<laughs> that nook's amazing. We're gonna spend, I can't wait to read in that nook. Um, I mean, I I don't know. It might more of a general waiting. survival thing. I was just just saying. I was assuming that all survival things are are people attempting to solve the problem while mm -hmm. they wait and then getting thwarted right versus just literally waiting and doing nothing did you watch that blake lively movie what was it like the who's blake lively uh um the reefs the reeves she's like a surfer and there's a shark and she's stuck on rocks blake lively was in that um simple favor with anna kendrick oh right did that have more or less going on than Cujo? I have no idea what movie you're talking about. Open Hang Tide? Hang on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to search it. Water Gal. <laughs> the Shallows. The Shallows. Um, Do you remember that? I guess, I'm betting less happened. Oh, right, where she's just literally sitting on a rock. Right, get what, like, the, the more happens meter, lesser, more than Cujo. I think more happens... Ah, uh, to be honest, I don't think I was really watching it very closely. I'm going to say slightly more happens in the shallows because I think she does. And that's again, because it came out later. You know, there's a higher threshold of what needs to yeah. happen. I think there's a couple things where there's like a guy on the beach sees her and she tries communicating with him. Mm. I think she has a couple things of gear on her that she tries to like fight the shark with. Right. But you're right. It's a lot of just her just sitting on this rock. And I think that's kind of like what would have kept this from being your favorite one of like a favorite trope of yours which is like you love survival stuff and prepping stuff and like yeah if she had tried more things she didn't try anything she doesn't really try anything and like one of the first things she thinks of which is to just clock this dog with a bat is what she does in the spoiler alert yes and, spoiler alert she does absolutely nothing and three days go by her and her son are both almost dying and then she decides to hit the dog with something and it immediately kills him <laughs> and it's like oh great did you try think of trying that three days ago the dog another thing i was thinking during the there's because there are a ton of really intricate dog attacks that happen to the, on the car and the whole time i was thinking about what a nightmare this would be to film to get this dog to oh, do all the yeah. things you need to do for like this um like for how little goes on here it's a weirdly ambitious movie um yeah filming wise would be really tough the face acting on this dog when it would get hit by the bat was just like it was just <laughs> like completely disoriented it was like asking for street directions in lower manhattan it was um <laughs> Uh, and the, the kid also does uh, an amazing job screaming his head off. Oh, the kid's the a, entire I time. Felt the kid was a phenomenal actor. It was like the kid was driving me crazy. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm with Cujo on this. I need all of you guys to be quiet. That's so funny. I was. Um, it's a, a window into what kind of parents will be. <laughs> Because yeah, I was like welling up at this child being so terrified. Oh, I was like, you have to stop screaming. I think we already figured out that I'm the mom anyways. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I've already bought a bunch of um, earplugs <laughs> just so that I won't scream at our right. baby uh, because it's like I can't handle too much noise. Luckily, I have more empathy and... Um, then I don't know what to do with. So I'll just get, I'll run interference. Like, what happened, buddy? Your show ended? You know? Um, right. And that, but that I'll, I will surreptitiously put earplugs in and then I will be right. a gracious and kind mother because uh, I won't have to hear all of the screaming. No, that's great. I mean, that, and also it's like, whatever, I'm not trying to parent shame you. Anything you do to get through childhood, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's good. So this kid affected me, annoyed the, and also annoyed the crap out of the, his 
in-screen mother, too. She was fed up with him. Yeah. So at one point, the I missed this. In one of the dog attacks, the kid gets nicked on the foot, which I missed. Oh, um, yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, the mom tries nothing ever, but she does open the door at, like, three different occasions. And one of those occasions, the dog gets in and attacks her and, I, I guess, gets the kid, too, which we didn't, we didn't see at the right. time. Right, because that's one of the things that escalates that gets her to try and leave finally tried the bat is that and this makes sense is that um rabies affects smaller things faster so the kid is having trouble breathing because it has rabies now yeah so yeah and the kid is having trouble breathing she still waits a really long time before trying anything like he he's gasping for air and she basically just shakes him and is like stop it start breathing yeah she pulls his arm in a way that would have been uncomfortable under the best of circumstances (laughs) and then they just go back to sleep and then they wait another, like, 12 hours. Um, and she basically waits until the kid is fully unresponsive and possibly already dead mm-hmm. um, before actually trying to do anything. Right. I felt like for most of this movie, she was just waiting out rabies. Like, she was like, right. see if the rabies will kill the dog and I can just wait it out, wait out the duration. Of Honestly, the if car. she had externalized that by just saying that to the child, I think that would have been a more interesting movie. <laughs> I would have waited until I got the the rabies, the super strength that the dog got from the rabies. And then <laughs> just wear a bare knuckled box to this dog. Um, but um, one one interesting part happens here um, where the the husband at the work conference hasn't been able to get through to the wife and he knows about this affair thing. So he's worried. So he goes back home to check to see if everything's okay. Where you're like, oh, great. Someone is finally going to come see where she is and be able to help. Um, but also at the same time, this boyfriend, who's uh, a real scary jerk, um, comes to the house and trashes it and then leaves. So when... And that cuts up a picture of her and stuff. Yeah. So when the husband gets home, he calls the cops and they all assume that the wife and son have been kidnapped by this Mm -hmm. angry boyfriend type. So they don't go searching any further. So it's a good, it's a good like obstacle where like the husband is home and he knows something's wrong, but he doesn't think to go check the mechanics place because they think that they're kidnapped. Right. And, um, they do send a squad car up to the mechanics farm, but this cop just gets his bell rung by the dog almost just immediately. immediately. Yeah. Which is a, a classic Stephen King thing of the prison show. It's like the Simpsons where like Willie just immediately getting axed in the back and all <laughs> of the treehouse sketches. Yeah. Though I will say in the book, The Shining, Halloran does come through and save them all. It's Spoil- just the spoiler. Mo- it's just the movie where he gets killed immediately. Right, right. Where um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, well, I don't want to ruin any more of that ending, but he does. That does not happen in the book. Yeah. Um, so Kubrick. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> this is going a long Kubrick tangent. <laughs> right. Let's talk more about Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> what was the thing? Wait, what was the thing about Eyes Wide Shut? We were bummed we didn't talk about. Wasn't there something where we can't oh. believe we didn't talk about? It? Yeah. Oh, it's why is that movie called Eyes Wide Shut? Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> what I wanted. Does that mean? I had like a like ten different turn off the dark, dark jokes that I had written, <laughs> like, uh, but um, they've since forgotten them. Um, I must have eaten that piece of paper. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that was uh, going back to. Um, so Stephen King, we're with you, Kubrick. Oh, so the cop, the cop shows up and gets murdered immediately. Um, which I, if I'm the the mom, oh, the whole reason the mom can't drive out of there is because the car is dead that right. they're in. But it's like, now there's a new car. Maybe go try that one. Go get like, in it, yeah. Maybe go find the keys and start it and drive away or learn how to hotwire. 
Or it's like, and the dog is like straight up eating a cop, which I would think would take at least 20 minutes. I was going to say, like, the the dog is occupied by a thing happening. Use that time to sneak out. Like, at this point, your kid's already half dead. Sneak out, get into the other car. At the very least, you could, like, radio for help. Right. But no, she does not do any of that. Yeah, so um, he drops, like, a Chekhov's gun or whatever. And um, then she, she clocked him with the bat. He... Really, I don't know. He could have done that for a living, the way he takes these baseball bat blows to the head. I do think that this part where the the wife is attacking the dog with a baseball bat was somewhat cleverly filmed because a lot of it is like POV shots. Right. So it's like you just see from Cujo's point of view the mom swinging a bat and then from the mom's point of view this dog kind of falling over. So there's there's not a lot of like actually filming a lady attacking a dog right so i think that's why i'm i'm able to joke about it because it was not upsetting like you never really see this dog get like brutalized um yeah but um but yeah and i think it's also you're right from a filming standpoint is like there was still all the surface tension of the scene but you don't have to worry about this dog doing the right thing which would have been a nightmare um so she breaks the bat on this dog's head um and then and then the dog kind of leaps up onto her and she's stabs its with the shard of, rib cage yeah. or whatever with the with the broken off bat and she was like i am no man and then she uh, <laughs> yeah the dog collapses into blue light it was awesome <laughs> just just a shock wave goes out over the land yeah and so it's like but then her arm is hurt because i think the dog is filled with sauron's magic or whatever and, um, <laughs> so then she hooks up with boromir or no, no, Faramir. What? Faramir, Faramir yeah. Yeah. which is good for her. I think it's better for her, you know. Absolutely. And then... Aragorn Ar- wasn't going to treat her right. Aragorn tells the hobbits. <laughs> Seth is tearing up. You you kneel before no man or whatever. Something. <laughs> and then they're like, we are no man. And they stab him. <laughs> and then all their arms go numb. Yeah. It's, it's like a bit... Yeah. It's, it's like epidemiologists have studied the end of the Lord of the Rings. Just to see how arm stuff goes. <laughs> it was arm epidemics going around. Everything we just did is ten times better than the movie. <laughs> and then yeah, so um, it's like, and it's like that was Cujo the Gray. <laughs> I am Cujo the White. <laughs> and then they all follow him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they go to the Undying Lands. Um. So. So Cujo is presumably dead. So she gathers up her, I'm pretty sure, dead, fully dead son, and goes inside the house and tries to revive him by doing CPR that only involves mouth, the mouth breathing and no chest compression. First she just starts like dumping tap water in his mouth. Yeah, like pries open his mouth and then throws a bunch of water in there, which is like... And this filthy house where I assume is under a boil notice. (laughs) And so, uh, but yeah, then she finally tries half of CPR. Yeah. And, and it's like, she's also like not, you can see, it's a really close up shot. She's not forming a seal around right. the kid's mouth. Like we've been uh, taking a lot of baby CBR classes lately. And it's just like, what are you're you doing? doing so wrong. Yeah, absolutely. It was, I guess as like 40 years ago, they didn't have the classes we have. <laughs> but um... Oh, so meanwhile, the um, husband back at the house has realized that this cop that went up to the mechanic's place never sh- never came back. So he gets in his Jaguar and races up to the... Yeah, and we we see him in his Jaguar going before Cujo's died, and I was very ecstatic 
like that's like Okuja's gonna love that that car with no roof. Oh yeah, that open top. He's like, gonna jump scoop, right in there. You can scoop the people right out. <laughs> so he's racing up as our as our mom is doing half of CPR. And I guess it works. Her half CPR works. The kid comes back to but life. But they make so much noise celebrating the fact that he's... Or not celebrating, I guess, just weeping and holding each other. But then what happens? That Kuja jumps through, like, leaps through the window. And he's like, power of rabies. <laughs> and then jumps, <laughs> jumps all stabbed through this window. Yeah. And then... But she fortunately still has the cop's gun from before. So she shoots him. Yeah. She's like, it's just been revoked. <laughs> she shoots him in the head. <laughs> And then the husband comes up. She walks out of the house holding the sun. She hands him the sun. They and embrace. Freeze, freeze frame. frame. <laughs> freeze frame. <laughs> it's my favorite. And then credits roll. Yeah, and you're like, all right, I guess. It's like they did it. So yeah, what? What do you think? Was this movie watchable? It was surprisingly watchable. I think the description of it is incredibly boring. Like. I don't know if we did a good job explain, like getting across how little happens in this right. movie, but it was surprisingly watchable for that. And and it's only it's real short. It's like only ninety minutes, so it feels pretty brisk. Like a, mm -hmm. it feels kind of like a, like a minor effort kind of movie, but like, in a, in a way where you're like, if you just want to watch a quick kind of fun movie, right. and it's kind of like it's very. I think it's going for suspense. Um, more than gore. Yeah. Like, the goriest thing is obviously, honestly, this dog's snot issues. Yeah. The eye boogers. I always want to run through that set with a hanky. And, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think it was, I, I'm a sucker for things that are very focused like this. Like, the fact that it wasn't enjoyable, but the fact that so much of it just happened with them in the car was, I don't know, clarifying in a way that I liked. Also, more good lessons for everyone to keep your car stocked with food and water and blankets because you oh, never yeah. know when you're going to be living in it for a few days if she had just had water in the car so much of this would have been avoidable yeah post power outage julia has our car stocked like the texas power crisis we have like every, like we would be like splitting granola bars with the dog yeah it's like a mini We'd apartment all, in there you and cujo would all have like emergency astronaut blankets on us <laughs> and we'd be just yeah i'll pull out my little vial of rabies medicine that i right. keep in there <laughs> I, I have like we have a book of stories from oh henry oh we were saying that we we yeah we literally do um and we uh we also have a hatchet in the <laughs> oh yeah so in the yeah. trunk so it's like we would just kill the dog right away absolutely yeah I'll, uh, and, uh, and we even have a folding shovel we could bury it afterwards which is much more humane than just like going nine rounds of the baseball bat with the dog because <laughs> it's like the way i you know i'm such an expert at wielding an axe <laughs> <laughs> it would just cut to the dog chasing me with the accident <laughs> um, yeah so i think it was i think it it aged all right i think it was just suffered from the exact pacing thing i just expected from the era yeah what was your overall like are you are you positive or negative overall? i think i think i'm negative just because it was like by today's standards very tame and boring um i think it did a good job you know i was proud of the movie <laughs> <laughs> oh you're, you're such a good dad <laughs> I, think, I think like with what they had to work with it's like they absolutely left I'm not a sports guy. Left nothing on the field. Left everything on the field. I don't... One of Left those. nothing in the tanks. <laughs> a 
Because it's all on the field. They're like, oh, right. Yeah. They were like, and the <laughs> referees took it out of the tank. The referees were like, clean this up. Your team has to clean this up before you leave. And they're just like, we got homecoming, man. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, they really went for it. I think, the, again, the direction was, I think, energetic and had to be to make this dog stuff work. Yeah. So it just was like trouble I would not have borrowed <laughs> to make this film. Yeah. I mean, it definitely felt like kind of what was the point. Um, I was mainly, I think my main disappointment came from realizing it wasn't going to be like a supernatural right. horror thing. Um, it was more of just like a waited out thing. So if you, if you go into that knowing that right. and like expecting that, I think that's, I think it's okay. It's funny. It reminds me of, it's just an immediate disappointment with the movie. I remember when I was a kid, I saw, which I have to check the timestamp, like what, how old I would have been. I saw What About Bob in the theater. Um, I remember... I loved Bill Murray growing up, but what I loved about him was his wry confidence. And he's playing like a boob in that movie. And so I was like instantaneously disappointed with What About Bob. Hated it and sat there miserable <laughs> the entire time. And now it's one of my favorite movies because I'm like an adult and I can like shift gears. But like... Uh, and, and also like Bill Murray in that movie is plays like a neurotic for four seconds. And then you're right. immediately goes into... You're right. I think I got into it once he's on vacation and like really <laughs> confident and saying, but I wanted... Like, you know. But yeah, just when you're just like, oh, it's yeah. just going to be this. Okay. And talking about why we go to see movies, too, it makes sense that that would have been... Seeing him play an erotic was, wouldn't have been an escape for me as a child. I was right. surrounded by neuroses, including my own. Um, whereas... Right, you're like, I don't need to go to the theater for this. Right. And it would be a couple of years before The Mask came out where I could see someone be a Tex Avery cartoon where I needed that escape of someone being confident. Um... But yeah, so that's interesting. So yeah, that's the obvious comparison you want to draw. <laughs> I went right from Kudrow to What About Bob. Um, <laughs> what movies in the zone do you think would be a better watch? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I don't really like any of these kind of just waiting around mm -hmm. movies. I think it's... A, I didn't really watch it, but it looked it looked genuinely horrifying. What about the movie Antlers? Antler? Antlers, I think. The creature design in that was literally horrible. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, it's a completely different movie in all regards, I just, I It's like, I thought, like, animal... Well, this is more supernatural, but it was, like, animal stuff, paternal relationships. Um, I don't know. I, again, I have things I watched, like, 40 seconds of that movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I would recommend it. I thought... I think, I think it's good. I don't think it's anywhere in the same mm -hmm. category of movie. I think I would honestly recommend Panic Room. Yeah, I think Panic Room's actually a pretty good comparison. There's a lot of reversals. They get they get some... They try a bunch of stuff. To be fair, I also thought Panic Room was pretty boring. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's Fincher. You love Fincher? Yeah. No, you don't like Fincher, do you? Do you? No, I don't. <laughs> I like Fincher. His movies are really boring. <laughs> um, that movie's good. You got... It's a house. I'm trying to think of other movies where... Panic Room in it. Where people are... Where people are, like, trapped, but they... Right. But they, or, but you know, in a way that the I... Perfect Storm. <laughs> <laughs> what about, aren't there movies, I don't know, I don't know if I've even seen these, but like movies where people are like trapped in an elevator the whole time or something. Right. Or like Phone Booth. There's one where, I think it's Colin Farrell in a goddamn phone booth. Colin Firth. Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell. Colin Firth's the sweater guy. Who oh, loves... I had that switched. Colin yes. Firth, who has an open invitation for a three-way hug. <laughs> <laughs> at any point if he wants to claim it it's non-transferable 
Um, yeah. Uh, or that one where Ryan Reynolds was trapped in a coffin or something. Right, you are buried, right? Buried alive? Yeah, I think it was on, but I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other movies in this ilk that we've liked of like people being trapped and trying to... Oh, well, this movie made me want to saw my head off. Um, the Berlin Syndrome? Ooh, that was a good one. You, that was more true crimey, but like... Yeah. That was like... <laughs> that really peeled the onion in terms of people's brains. Yeah, no, that was a good... Um good one where a girl gets i forget what the situation is she like hooks up with a guy and then his house is just like a fortress that she can't escape yeah and he he just traps her there for months i think is it the goodbye linen guy that german actor we like i don't remember maybe um i'll look that up but yeah we're that's a good um a good trapped one where like she's in this giant apartment um no oh okay some other guy. Um, she's in this giant apartment, but like, he's taken so many steps to fully secure. So it it takes her a long time to realize that she's even trapped in there. Um, and then once you realize that, it's really horrifying because of the extent of the trappedness. So you really feel like right. um, captured. I'm trying to think of. Um, I feel like we've watched something like because these movies are. This type of movie is harrowing. Oh, oh, we just watched a similar one with Megan Fox, where she... Right, right. That's more Gerald's gamey. Like, yeah. 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 But I think definitely fits in the zone where it's just like, someone gets lured out to a very remote location where no one knows where they are, no one's going to come visit, and then they get stuck in a way where they can't get out of there, and then they have to... Um, figure out how to get out of there which i actually thought that movie was pretty good yeah yeah i thought i thought it was a great thriller and a great handling of this kind of like one-hander thriller i think a big difference with that movie which i don't remember what it's called um is she's she uh her her husband handcuffs the two of them together and then kills himself so he she is handcuffed to a corpse so it's really hard for her to physically move around anywhere mm. Um, which is, I think is a really great, and it's also like he, I think he like throws away all their clothes and blankets and then shuts off the heat and leaves the door right. open and things. So it's like, you know, a lot of dealing yeah. with the elements uh, as a problem. And I think that, that was making me feel really like trapped and scared when I was watching it. But then kind of too quickly, they have antagonists come by Right. the house and then it's kind of a home alone situation with her fighting these bad guys which is also really interesting but it's like a it's not a payoff of the cool tension they set up of her being alone right it totally um kind of disrupts the the feeling of her being so isolated and just the like oh god what is she gonna do feeling which right. i think they could have done that for another like 20 minutes at least right yeah this is a good example of where i wish i had googled movies where people get trapped because i know we've watched a bunch any any other things you want to talk about? Any any games? Any personal stuff? Where? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. So that was Cujo. We that walked, was Cujo. We Cujoed. Um. This was this is a special birthday episode that right. we're recording slightly early. So it, Cujo came out in nineteen eighty three, which was Seth's birth year. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're mm -hmm. doing this. Um. And we're recording it a little early because. Um. Our I'm, due date is like three days. It's on. 
Five days. Five days. It's a baker's three. <laughs> so yeah, we figure by Seth's actual birthday, we will have a little one infant to be taken care of and probably we'll have yeah. less podcast recording time. So we're getting this one in early. And I think we're a little, we're a little freaked out, right? We're a little freaked out. I think yeah. that's safe to say. Yeah, yeah. In a good way, but it's like, yeah, I think we're... Um, we're so in that zone, like we've done all the things now, like all of our to-do lists are done, the house is all stocked, we have all the things that we need to have, so now there's nothing more to do, and yeah. we're sitting around waiting, and like... So we're like, huh, let's watch Cujo! It's <laughs> 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 kind of where we're at, and it, yeah. it worked, we've been thinking about Cujo this whole time. That's true, that's very true, so... But no, it's just because it's unknown... It's going to be so great. Right. Know? I'm trying to, now that I have all this free time, I'm trying to imagine exactly what it's going to be like. And obviously I don't know what it's going to be like because I can't imagine it till it happens. Uh, right. So I'm just, I'm just winding myself up. Right. Um, well, yeah. Just want to call this a short one or do you want to, um, we do a movie guessing game? Yeah, no, we can do a short one. I mean, I was going to talk about pregnancy a little more. Let's talk about pregnancy a little more. Let's do it. <laughs> what else do you got? So we're um, waiting for her to drop kind of, right? She's yeah. Still high, she's right she's She's still real high. I mean, our due date's in five days, but there's been no signs or symptoms of anything happening. So now I'm starting to worry that she's never going to come out. Um, which happens sometimes. <laughs> which happens. They stay Eventually, the woman just gets taller. <laughs> <laughs> they really try to settle down around your feet or something. Right. I think I've spent I've spent the past like 15 weeks being worried that the baby was going to be born early and that it was going to be a NICU situation and she's going to have health problems. And now I'm worried that she's going to be born too late and we're going to have to induce and it's going to be terrible. And I don't know. I think inductions are fine also. <laughs> so right. Yeah. I don't think that's like, a problem. You've never had an induction before. <laughs> yeah. That's, and it's like, you wanted Sherlock Holmes to be our doctor. And in that case, we would have had to do a deduction. And uh, I've done that joke twice in the past two days. <laughs> but, yeah, but not for the podcast yet. So. <laughs> yeah, that I'm like... <laughs> yeah, I think I am... I'm... Uh, you've already moved ahead to just being... Nervous for having a baby. Ready and excited. Yeah. Well, I'm nervous for having a baby, but, like, I think that's... Just, again, it's because I haven't done it before, and it's going to be exciting. Um, trying to keep in my headspace that you are basically going to have to go to the dentist 30 times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, does it hurt? Nerve pain? Yeah. The, the uh, There's been no, like, useful symptoms, but I am getting a, a thing called lightning crotch mm -hmm. a lot, which is just really sharp stabbing pains in your vagina area. Would you think, you'd hope it would be like a Thor thing, where you'd, like, fly because of it or something. <laughs> yeah, you don't get anything out of it. And it the ground beneath you would be, like, burnt. It also doesn't even, like, doesn't even, like, contribute to anything happening like mm -hmm. it's just pain for no reason that sucks that sounds like a lot of pregnancy <laughs> um so yeah i'm i'm kind of getting myself a little psyched out thinking about the actual like moment where we're like oh we have to go to the hospital now and then we're driving to the hospital and i'm having contractions and then i have to go do a complicated medical procedure that might take hours and hours and hours and might end in emergency surgery. And it's just like, oh, goody, I don't want to do any of that. Right, yeah, of course, it's, it's scary. But yeah, but it's like the good thing is, is like, you'll be surrounded by nurses and a doctor. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, I'd rather do that. Imagine if 
I wanted to do like a jacuzzi booth. <laughs> I don't know how people do home births. It seems like the scariest thing in the entire world. Right, like hats off to you because that seems scary. Like maybe if you're, maybe if it's like you've already done this a couple times and you're like, yeah, I know how it goes. This is fine. Yeah, I think that's. But if, for me, I'm definitely like I would like to be surrounded by all of the medical professionals. If I have a fear related to the birthing process, it's that you won't want to tell me that you're having contractions, <laughs> and then I'll end up having to deliver it in our living room. <laughs> that would be scary, but um, no, it's gonna be fine, and it's like, I think it's gonna be great. You're gonna love it. I think you're gonna be excited. I no, my thing is. Um, I think you're going to be mad that other people made you scared about delivery. I think that's going to be your reaction <laughs> yeah. afterwards. But yeah, um, it's going to be, it's an exciting time. It's, um, it's hard to prep yourself at, you know, this movie came out in 1983, almost 40 years ago. I'm almost 40 years ago. Um, it's weird to be preparing yourself for a brand new emotion, an emotion I've never felt. That we know that we've never felt before. Right. Where it's like, you know, you can't prepare for it. Right. It's very weird. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know, when I tried sushi for the first time, like 2005, <laughs> the last time, you know, it would be that special. <laughs> and I got kicked out for doing skin to skin. <laughs> I did not like that. But yeah, it's very weird. The whole thing has been just so in the indefinable future for so long. Um, and also it's, it's weird to not have a time, like... I've been comparing it a lot to taking an international flight because it's like, it's just a thing that you want to get to the destination. You're excited about that. But like, you know, it's going to be a hassle to actually go to the airport and go through security and then wait in the airport for hours and then be on this right. uncomfortable plane for hours. Um, but at least with that, you know, when it's happening <laughs> where right. this is like every day, it's like, it could be tonight. It could be 10 days from now. It's like saying, um, I was saying earlier, it's like, imagine if the groundhog in Punxsutawney or Punxsutawney Phil or whatever, imagine if that actually mattered and affected your life in a dramatic way. <laughs> right. How, how you'd feel about this groundhog coming out of that tree stump. <laughs> um, it's, it's bizarre. It's, um, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's funny. People always say when they talk about like getting induced or whatever, they're like, it's so sad because then you don't get that exciting ride to the hospital. And I was telling you earlier, it's like, oh, we'll just go to like a haunted house later separately like we don't need any more excitement yeah the the thing itself will be as scary enough already but yeah but that's that so, so yes that's what lydia this is this is really a document for a daughter I, that's the only person i can imagine us being able to force <laughs> to listen to this <laughs> yeah so it will be um the special birthday episode in that it's seth's birthday but it's also about to be lydia's birthday right right well we need to end this show so julia can take care of some of some of So yeah, so this was a special one. Um, thanks for listening. So this is our birthday Cujo episode. Happy birthday, Seth. Happy birthday, and Cujo, wherever you are, you're a good dog. <laughs> Except for get your fucking eye boogers sorted. <laughs> you look a mess. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm kidding, Cujo. Come here. <laughs>
<laughs> no, I'm good. Well, yeah, thanks for listening. And um, as always, I love you guys. Thank you.